This week on the BAMCast, we wrap up Force Month and once again celebrate the 4th of July with a true American hero, Chuck Norris. One-fourth, we're July. All right, and welcome to the hey. BAMCast. Hey, BAMCast. Thank you. Episode yes, 131. Wow, Nintendo's. Oh, 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 you, oh, you're going to get smacked. <laughs> so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm B. And I'm Chuck. And Not what we do no. each and every episode this month is we watch Force, force movies. Yeah. And now it's, it's the done. Force of July. This is the end of it. Right. I hate you sometimes. <laughs> I really do. So we decided to close the only way we really know how to by not only closing out Force Month, but also putting out the episode right before the 4th of July mm-hmm. with 1986's The Delta Force starring Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Metal Chuck Norris. Uh-huh. He's a lot like Slaughter. He yeah. has his own theme song. Right. In yes. life. Chuck Norris. So let's get a plot summary out of the way and then we can talk more about The Delta Force. Mm-hmm. A 707 aircraft jetliner on its way from Athens to Rome and then to New York City is hijacked by Lebanese terrorists. The terrorists demand that the pilot take them to Beirut. What the terrorists don't realize is that an entire elite team of commandos led by Major McCoy and Colonel Alexander has been called into service to eliminate all terrorists on the jetliner and who's involved in the hijacking and try to take back the plane before the terrorists kill all the hostages. And? 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 Run on sentence. And? And run on sentence. Hmm. That's, I guess that's succinct enough. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Why let's not? rate it. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. This movie's weird. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of backtracking in this movie, yeah. plot wise. Yeah. This is a Monacan Golan actually directed movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Canon a Bamcast films. alum from uh, Over the Top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, producer of God knows how many movies we've watched at this point. A lot. Captain America. Mm hmm. How amazing. And a few others. Invasion sure. USA. And mm-hmm. Basically any, anything canon, obviously. The list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. But this is um, probably the most star-studded uh, Menachem Golan. There are, or, you know, quote unquote, Golan lots of stars in this movie. Okay. Well, yes. There are lots of known names. Yes. Names. Yes. There you go. Names. Names. P- names you've heard before. Names. Lots of guys that wanted a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. They all needed boats before yeah. they died. Because, of course, you got Chuck Norris, who was under canon contract. So yes. What else was you he going to get him in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Marvin in his final film role. Mm-hmm. Lee Marvin's mm-hmm. eyebrows in their final film role. That was one song. Going out in spectacular yeah. fashion. <laughs> yeah. Robert Forster, another Banff cast alum. Oh. Plays Abdul, the bad guy. He was oh, in D Wars. That's right. Yeah. Dragon yeah. Wars. Dwarves. We keep talking about what the hell Robert Forster was in. And Dwarves. I keep reading. He was the. Yes, yes. yes. He was the all knowing Yoda right. in Dragon Wars. Mm-hmm. Dwarves. Yes. A nationality he's also not <laughs> in this movie, too. <laughs> That's right. Man. <laughs> we, have not, we have not seen him playing an American yet, no. have we? No, no, we have not. No, but he he is very, uh, he's very tanned up mm-hmm. with a amazing mustache we got that george hamilton and, yeah, and, yeah and he is totally abdul because i mean to the point like it was four scenes into this movie we were like holy shit that guy is robert forrester well when he first <laughs> shows up he's sunglasses. got big sunglasses yeah. and you don't really see him it's like why would that be robert forrester <laughs> yeah. why would it <laughs> it was yeah you got george kennedy mm-hmm. of uh everything fame yeah airport naked gun mm-hmm. yeah cool he's playing look. a priest who's mm-hmm. uh who becomes a hostage yep we got both venson who's the pilot who I was sure was a Bamcast alum, but somehow, mm. of the like three thousand movies he's done, eye. 
He will he be. He has not been in any of them, but he will be in upcoming ones because there are some on the list. Yeah, and Robert Vaughn, who of course Bob has Bob. been in literally five hundred movies. Mm-hmm. So okay, not literally, but close to five hundred movies. It feels like so he'll show up. Okay, that's the thing yeah. about this movie. It feels like it's full of a bunch of dudes yeah. who will show up in the kinds of movies we watch. Yes. This was just the first time we got to them. Yeah. They just all happened to be in one movie. episodes in. Yes. We will do spinoffs from here yeah. featuring one actor well, from aren't the Delta there, Force. Aren't there like a trillion spinoffs from Delta Force? Yes, there are. There's like Operation Delta Force. <laughs> one through five. Delta Force Operation. Uh-huh. Delta Force Commandos. Yes. Delta Force 2. Yes. Yes. Gamma Force. <laughs> Beta Force. <laughs> Alpha Force. Theta Force. Yeah. Those are all body Zeta, Zeta Force, Mega Force, <laughs> Catherine Zeta no, no, Jones no. Force. Whoa, no. whoa, Mega what? No, Nega. No. no, Nega. Oh, Nega. I've not seen that one. <laughs> but so, you know, this movie started out amazing. Why you gotta be so well, yeah, from the first frame, it was <laughs> the amazing. The first frame <laughs> is a helicopter blowing the hell up. Well, it yeah, goes, it goes the does the Canon Films little animation briefly, thing briefly, and yeah. then cut to helicopter, cut to helicopter that explodes. Yep. And glorious screen filling fire could have ended right mm. there. We were all like, "Credits roll, we're yeah. done." <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye, Josh. Movie we're rules. Yeah. yeah, and there's like two like C-130s next to it, mm-hmm. and then like I mean, like there's a helicopter landing, and we're like, "Oh, what is going on?" Yeah, this is an amazing start. Yeah, yeah. It's a- and uh, Chuck rushes into the helicopter to save the one guy who's pinned down in there mm-hmm. because everybody's getting on the C-130, and he goes, "Where's I don't even know the guy's name." Where's guy? Yeah, where's that dude? Right. And everyone's like, forget and, him, and he's Lee gone. And Marvin's like, we can't save him. We got to go. We got 100 people on this thing. And Chuck's like, Chuck's like, no, that. I'm Chuck Norris. I'm going to save him. Mm-hmm. The guy's name is Pete, by the way. Pete? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete okay. Peterson. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. His name is Pete Peterson? <laughs> yes. It's dumb. Did they ever say it in the movie, or I, is this I, just like IMDb credits Pete, telling us his name is Pete Peterson? Just saying. That's Either way. Pete. And, and Pete is very much a dude bro surfer type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it takes to get into Delta. He's also, I just want to say he's he's played by William Wallace. <laughs> yeah, freedom. <laughs> nice. He got his freedom. Yeah, thanks to Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. So Chuck saves him. They mm-hmm. take off, and like, I do like the way they do the credits because it's like as Chuck is carrying him there, it's like Chuck Norris, mm-hmm. Lee Marvin, as Lee Marvin's like pulling him onto the plane, and yep. I mean that's all right, and then it's the plane taking off and here's everybody involved in the film all that and it, we just kept seeing names we're like yes that guy oh my mm-hmm. god yeah 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 because awesome. we didn't even name like there's other people that like, you see the name and they're like oh them okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean martin yeah. balsam shelly yeah. winters lanny kazan just yeah joey, joey bishop. bishop just tons of people it's just like it's you know whoever was still alive in hollywood that day got to get on a plane and go to jerusalem <laughs> it almost feels like an uwe bowl thing a little bit where it's just like hey you need you want to be in a movie you haven't been in anything in a while, right? A little bit. I mean, it's sort of aping the airport movies a little bit, which were just star-studded airplane mm-hmm. tragedies. So yeah. it was just like, get a bunch of people, famous people on this plane, because it's easier than writing characterization for them mm-hmm. if you just know who they are. It's like, oh, no, not Shelley Winters, right. instead of, oh, no, not that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's lazy, That's a good but point. it works. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually based on a real event. That happened right. in 1985. Well, I, I would well, imagine and, and very loosely based. Well, on yeah, real I mean, but, I mean it, the, but it was they were going back and forth right. on the plane, and they one stewardess had to be the one who did the translating yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah. right, yeah, and it actually also was partially based on uh, the hostage crisis in Iran that went poorly in 1979. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and that's wrong. why the official Delta Force like would not help, right? Because <laughs> they were like, because like now we're going to change the ending so America wins, and they're like. 
that's kind of disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, eh, well, you know, people don't want that. Well, it started <laughs> off, I mean, the beginning of the movie was Operation Eagle Claw. That was the failed, the beginning of the movie was the failed attempt. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, yeah, it did take place, like, the beginning. They, they kept having the very was, specific time yeah, and dates on yeah. the beginning. The of beginning the... Was, was Iran. Okay. Iran. Yeah. Okay. And then the helicopters, like it like happened in Tehran, um, the helicopters crashed and they escaped to the C-130s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. one thing we'll mention also. There are a lot of really specific date stamps that show up in this movie. Yes. Yeah, and time. None like, of which... like Daytime like place. 7.45 a.m. Yeah, it's 5.47 in the morning right now. You know, I mean, that specific. Yeah. And they show up so often, and they're so detailed that I just lost track of any of them. I don't know how long this crisis went on. The only thing you really need to know is, like, from the beginning scene to the scene that's happened, the main part of the movie is five years. And yeah. as they get on the C-130, Chuck Norris is like, as he almost lost a guy, he's like, I, I, that's it, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm retiring, mm-hmm. I'm out. And, you know, it cuts to the five years later we see the whole terrorist hijacking situation happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These guys get on the plane, standard stuff. They yeah. put grenades and guns in the washroom as they're posing as uh, attendants for the plane. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people get on. I show a lot of that, like people getting on, like, oh. here, let's let's establish some of these characters and, oh, look, kids, and, oh, look, they're nice. on their wedding anniversary trip, right. and this guy's doing this, and blah, blah, blah. And let's just address it now. Okay. From the explosion and that scene in the beginning, it is a solid hour and fifteen minutes before anything else happens. That it, it is Any a lot of setup, action stuff. It I is mean, a it lot is, of setup. One guy doesn't get on the plane. One of the terrorists and flips out at the airport, and then Robert Forster and the other dude is just are just like keep walking, keep walking, <laughs> right? To you look know, at him, get on, and <laughs> like we don't even really see the plane take off. Like honestly, when they hijacked it, I wasn't even sure if they were still on the ground or not. But, I mean, they sit down, Robert Forster immediately goes to the bathroom, immediately pulls out a gun, immediately starts yeah, threatening well, everybody. They did, they did show the, the seatbelt light off, and the pilot, no, the pilot did this little announcement before, but they showed yeah. the seatbelt light off. But so they I didn't waste any the time. Sign. No. Yeah, they didn't waste any time getting to that, and then it's like... Yeah, boom, 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 hijack. It feels like a solid 45 minutes of them backhanding people with a gun, threatening yeah. everybody, and showing us just how evil they are because they start splitting up the... The Jewish passengers and they make the they make the women sit on the on the aisle seats and the men seat, sit by the windows. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's three Navy guys on the plane. They they separate yeah. them off and beat the shit out they're of them. American dude. Marines. Yeah, yeah, and they find out because they they have to give up their military IDs instead of their passports. So. Yeah, yeah. They went through passports to try to find the yeah. Jewish passengers is, so that they could ostracize them. I, I'm sure that that's some kind of weird. Possibly based on real life. Yeah, it's, situation. it is actually what happened. But I mean, yeah. it, it's weird mm-hmm. because like the whole setup for that is um. Is uh, what's her name? Uh, Lainey Kazan's character has this ring that's uh, some Hebrew, uh, in Hebrew. Hebrew ring. Yeah, this Hebrew saying, and she takes it off because she's afraid. Right. And then, like, they find the ring, and so they're like, "We don't know who this belongs to," and they just round up everybody's passports, mm-hmm. and this just goes on and on and on uh, and on, and just the heavy-handed, yeah, parallels to oh, everything. Yeah. I mean, just well, the head, the heads. Uh, flight attendant is a german lady right and she's like yeah. i don't want to do this well they, they give her the job yeah. of you will go through the passports and pick out all the germans 
or the, no, all the, the Jews, Jews. Yeah. based on their names. Right. And she's like, please don't make me do it. I'm German. And the terrorists are like, what? And she's like, hello, we're Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, no. He's like, who cares? Just, just do it. No, we like the Nazis. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just this long scene of just like naming names and people proudly walk to the. Oh, and there's a lot of wives screaming yeah. and just yeah. pitching yeah. fits. And, and the one guy. The guy's stoically walking up to yeah. the front. Yeah. Yeah, the one guy when, has the tattoo on his yeah, arm. Yeah, because he was in a camp, and he's like, you know, if we survive this once, we'll do and it. And then, of course, there's the Catholic priest who is um, George Kennedy. Who's yeah, George yeah. Kennedy, and he's like, well, if you take one of us, you have to take all of us because yeah. Jesus was a Jew too. And, he's a, and then uh, Forrester's just, I was just a like, Jew like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and Forrester's like, whatever. Yeah. All right, all right, sit, sit over there. <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of George Kennedy's participation in this movie. Pretty much. I mean, you would you would sort Aside of think from getting carted around. Later well, yeah, but I'm just you know they make a point to to give him that little bit of characterization like you know okay this guy you know maybe he's got some background or something you know he's he's using his situation to mm-hmm. get into that situation but no yeah no. They, they keep setting up these opportunities for the passengers themselves to play hero in to some form of fashion yeah. like the, the the you know the navy guys are like there's only two of them you know we should jump them blah 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 and they don't and, they're like no play it cool yeah you know, and like there's a there's a point where yeah, skipping ahead in the movie, but there's a point where they're basically like, we're going to get the women and the children off the plane and keep only the men. Mm-hmm. And like the one guy's, one of the Navy guys has been beaten so bad he's nearly dying. And the head stewardess is kind of given an opportunity to stay behind and, you know, take care mm-hmm. of him, but she mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's, it's just, it's just weird. You know, it, it's, it's weird because it feels like they're sticking to what actually happened. Right. But showing it seems implausible. But, but yeah. But, and yeah. In like, this, like in there's this certain kind of things movie. you need to be willing yeah. to change in order to make the movie better. Right. Or in this type of movie, it's just, it's like they're trying to make a message in a movie where it doesn't belong. Like, this seems like it's supposed to be ostensibly an action movie. And then they're trying to have these moments of, oh, you know, just fight or flight instinct takeover and things like that. And it's like, it's just kind of passed off as weird, as odd behavior instead of, you know, some kind of emotional decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it, it's a weird in the balance. world we live in now. It's hard to look at this and be like, "Hey, that guy just brought a straight razor on board. What the hell?" It's like, oh, yeah, yeah you could do that back then. No one gave a shit. And so you know, it's just. I'm just saying, yeah, it, they it's played just, fast and loose with the airplanes back then. <laughs> oh, they didn't care. Yeah, they're just like, I put every whatever you want on the plane. Yeah. It, it's, it's just a, it's an odd tone through all of this because <laughs> they seem like hair dryer with a scope. <laughs> <laughs> just don't hold up the line. That's the important thing. Yeah, just thing. get yeah. on. Just hurry up. But yeah, that's that's the odd thing about this middle with a candle in it. Is is not only is this like go on and on and on but it's like they they set up these things and then don't pay them off or don't give you any any emotional impact to them really i mean other than like you know them terrorizing the people yeah i mean they're they're building up there's like these guys are bad but they've they've put all these famous people in these situations so it's like okay they they break everybody up into these sort of like three groups and they're in three different locations but none of the people ever come into play again yeah like even when they're getting rescued it's like where are the famous people (laughs) Well, and it's once they land, once they get, they, they're leaving Athens, they're supposed to go to Rome, mm-hmm. they get redirected to Beirut by the terrorists, and that's like, they land in Beirut, and at first Beirut's not going to let them land. No, they, like, they, they, they land the, in... The um, Minister of Defense is in the air traffic control tower. They, they go to Algiers first. Yeah, they go to Algiers, Algiers first. Which is the weirdest thing, like, they, they make them fly there, basically so they can land... And pick up the one guy that didn't get on the plane with them. Yeah, yeah. Who somehow got there ahead of them. Yeah. But that's like, that's the only point. They divert yeah. there, they pick up that one guy, and then they go to uh, to Lebanon. Right. Yeah. Where they drop at, off the women and children. Yeah, but at first they're not allowed to land, and right. then they have to 
Well, it, it, as this has happened, like they've also now like established that they're sending in the Delta Force. Yeah. And Chuck Norris is watching Delta this on TV, Force. and of course he's like, "I'm the only man for this job." So. He's eating eggs, yeah. watching on TV. He's like, "God <laughs> damn it!" Eating <laughs> eggs and drinking a Budweiser. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I wanted to point out. That yeah. Was great. And then he gets in his lone wolf McQuaid Jeep mm-hmm. <laughs> truck. <laughs> yep. And shows up just as they're about to take off. Yeah. yeah. And of course, like he's like, "Well, I had an executive order here to bring you in anyway." Like, yeah. He's like, "Now you're a major." <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like but, promotions in the Star Trek reboot. It's just like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, now so you're in charge. So they're like, all right, you're going to Algiers. And then they get to Algiers and like, nope, they're leaving. So you're going to... Tehran. <laughs> yeah. No, going no, to, no, Beirut. You're going right. to Beirut. And then they get to Beirut and... They have a plan. Yeah, this is when they have the plan because they're letting the women and children off of the plane. So and they all dress up like yeah, refuelers. <laughs> refuelers and attendants and all that. Yeah, but, but of course, the terrorists refuelers. in the meantime have... Restocked the plane. Well, yeah, <laughs> they've got this... All they, their terrorists respawn on the plane. Yeah, they There's basically... They, they have like a dozen or so that they load them up in the food truck. Yeah. And the food truck just goes right over the door. So they don't even know that they've gotten in. Yeah. yeah. And then they let the, the women and children out the front door so that everybody yeah. can see. And they're like, oh, well, let's bus in there yeah. and take out the two guys. Yeah, so yeah. Chuck Norris, of course, is like, we got a 60-second count. We're doing this. Yeah. Radio silence. And that's when Lee Marvin decides, hey, maybe we should talk to the stewardess. Yeah. And she's hey, like, tell oh, me what yeah. the situation is on the plane. Oh, there's 20 terrorists. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> what? <laughs> so then Lee Marvin does what, what has to be the dumbest way to well, stop them from going in. The whole situation is convoluted because they're like, go radio silent. And what radio silent apparently means is everyone take off your earpieces. Which in this world. Radio silence should mean shut up. Yeah. But everyone's just like, all right, take out your earpieces. So, so they, he, they're so counting Lee down. has no way of telling them, yeah. hey, there's like 20 terrorists on the planet. Yeah, so they've got this 60-second countdown. And yeah. I'm really going to say, like, why radio silent? They're not dealing with an elite faction that has some sort of interference, yeah, you know, it's, intercepting it's such machines. a plot It's like, it's bullshit. two guys on a plane. Yeah, so what he does around. is he hops in a... A military police jeep it's with a giant a blue siren, blue light, and a siren on it. Oh, good plan. And just starts driving around the airport. <laughs> so of course the terrorist is like, "Sirens, what? <laughs> oh shit!" Yeah. You know. And then Chuck Norris and they're like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And he's like, "Guys, don't do anything." You know. So of course the terrorists are like, "Fuck you, Americans!" And yeah, start shoot shooting. Yeah. yeah. And they take everything. the one dude they've been beating the crap out of and. See what you do, Americans. Yeah. You, this is what you get. Gives the whole Americans are bad. You're yeah, terrible. Fuck you're you. doing terrible things. Blam. Shoot yeah. him. Toss him out on the tarmac, which apparently was another thing that actually happened. Yeah. yeah. And then take off. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, that mean, so then Chuck's like, okay, yeah. what do we do now? Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is this is another thing that's weird about this is they're setting up, like, there are all these atrocious things that the terrorists are doing, and yet they're, like, peppering in little things where they're being nice. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's really strange. Yeah, because like, there's like a you know, one point where was, the yeah, Mustafa yeah. Well, nice. well, even even Abdul did a couple of things. Like, I mean, he wasn't like he, he gave, gave back the a Hebrew ring, lady yeah. her ring back, yeah. even though they were taking everyone's jewelry. Yeah, and like they were doing, he was doing little things of that might have been based on fact as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, usually movies just paint these guys to be just pure evil. I, well, I'm, I'm probably guessing too. that reports were that they weren't, and so they peppered that in. But yeah, because I mean, the one guy, you know, yeah, Mustafa, the crazy-eyed henchman who is yeah. in full tilt, crazy eyes mode through the entire first half of this movie. Right. You know, this little girl forgot her Cabbage Patch Kid in the front. And he so, was going to shoot her. Yeah, he gives it. He <laughs> but he gives it back to her. Says, "I had a daughter once like you." Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. The Americans killed her. Yeah. <laughs> the girl's yeah. like, "Thank you for my dolly." You know. Yeah. So they kind dolly. of give you a little bit of sympathy for them. And then once they've landed and what they've done is they've taken the one group who is the Jewish guys and the, um, 
and the Navy SEALs or or the Marines or Navy guys. Navy or whatever they Just are. Navy dudes on yeah. On a, they take on a they take pass. them to a secured location in Beirut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and then they're just like, "Hey, check out!" You know, they throw them the newspaper that shows their buddy shot dead on the right. tarmac, and like, "Hey, check this out! Yeah. Uh, sucks to be you guys, huh?" You know, and <laughs> uh-huh. they're like, "Okay, yeah, I guess they're not that nice anymore." No. You know, and yeah, there's just it's a lot of going back and forth with that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird it's the whole movie is a really weird tone. Like it, it's it's so strange to try to to make such a based on real life events movie and then make it so ostensibly kind of cheesy you know like a cheesy yeah. action movie like that's that's a strange the, thing the to two do. don't mix i mean you could no. have said it's based on this but we're gonna movie it up yeah you know just make these guys fucking evil oh yeah like you it, know I mean, shoot the pregnant the lady the invasion entire... USA. i mean they were outright fucking yes unbelievably evil so when they start yeah. dying it's like holy shit yes yeah because that yeah. movie's just like hey we're gonna go in the suburbs and just start it's, it's, nuking houses yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that'll start we're everyone going to just, shoot missile launchers yeah. at yeah. people's yeah. houses just, oh we're in this nice suburb kaboom as they're putting ornaments on the christmas tree merry christmas america <laughs> oh, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's but sad. they yeah. don't. Uh, but by doing this, I mean it's 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 weird because I mean it, it works in a tone of a movie like United ninety three, obviously based on real events. Mm-hmm. But they there are moments of that movie where they show you the the mind frame and the and the mindset of the, of the terrorists, and mm-hmm. there, there's a, there's little moments of like these are people and characters in this movie too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that works because of the the tone of the movie. It just it doesn't when you, I mean. It, a yeah. movie like this just needs to be black and white. That's the that's the easiest yeah. way to say you it. Need, like, you need to make those guys well, yeah. as evil as possible, so that when is, they get shot, you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. The fact <laughs> is, once the plane lands, they're making shit up. Yeah. Everything is, you know, everything from that point forward is sure. all right. Because once once they land, they've got a contact who's like a priest in one of the churches nearby, yeah. who has been keeping the Americans informed on okay, they've moved the hostages here, they've done this. Yeah, he's basically an Israeli Mossad so, agent. Yeah. yeah, so they meet with him and he goes in, he's, he leaves Chuck and Pete in the van, says I'm going to go in, I'm going to radio, Well, they show up here. as Canadian news yeah, reporters. Canadian news reporters. <laughs> to cover the hijacking. Yeah. And they're at the airport, like, going through customs and, and you know, the... And the guy's like, have the fun guys like, totally oh, enjoy your stay in Lebanon. I was like, what? <laughs> so unnecessary. That's the thing. It's like so many unnecessary scenes. And yeah. it's like that. I know. Yeah. It's like we, we, we assume they get there. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't need this cover story that they're Canadian. Yeah. And the cover story doesn't even really they don't even need that. No, because he just takes them to the, the spot. He's like, OK, yeah, the terror, the hostages should be in there. He's like, I'm going to radio in and say. And of course, by now, Robert Forrester has picked up that. Well, yeah. he's noticed this guy's guy everywhere. Always, yeah, yeah, this guy's like, always where guy's we are. Always around. Yeah, so of course they open up the little confessional where he keeps the thing, and Priest is like, "All right, we're screwed." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "All right, yeah, you got me." Mm-hmm. And as as they're taking him up, you know, they're a group of them are escorting him out of the church, and that's yeah. when Chuck and Peter are like, oh, "This is not good, is it?" Yeah. And he basically warns him, "He's like, go," and yeah, then they like, push go. him off the balcony, and then yeah, we get something happening in an this action movie. scene, yeah. like an hour and a half into it. God, <laughs> when that happened, I. It's like an hour and 15, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still, it's yeah. a, such a long yeah. time of just planes going back and forth and people getting yelled at by terrorists and just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a fairly sweet car chase. I mean, they're in a, they're in a van, basically. And it's a very 80s car chase because he's hanging out they the shoot side. up. Yeah. He's hanging out the side yeah. shooting in. It's, it's, it's typical Chuck Norris type stuff where right. the enemies cannot aim. No. Ever. They hit everything and, except. 
the crucial parts of the van. All Chuck has to do is wave an Uzi at them yeah. while holding the trigger and they kill them all, you know, kills them all. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a pretty good little, yeah, it's yeah, not bad. They you smash know, they, through a fruit cart. Yeah. They're going down. <laughs> they, they do the driving down Go the down stairs. Yeah. Bumping, and yeah, they smash a fruit cart. The they, panicked they, people they jump out of the way. A couple they take out a phone Unnecessary booth. jumps and stunts in this part. There what? were a couple of little like jumps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like nothing like what comes yeah. later. No, but. no. Then it just becomes a goddamn yeah. MGM Studios stunt, stunt spectacular. spectacular. Yeah. So <laughs> they escape because Chuck basically kills everyone who's chasing them in the jeeps. Mm-hmm. And they go to the shore, and that's when the rest of the Delta Force is rendezvousing with them there. Yeah, because they all come out of the all come out of the big boat, and mm-hmm. they got the jeeps there, and all the troops. And Chuck's like, all right. Here's where we're going. Yeah, we should probably point out the Delta Force is about 60, 70 guys. It is mm-hmm. a ton of dudes. Lots of dudes. Yeah. It's like the Mega Force. But meanwhile, <laughs> yes. the terrorist organization has tripled to about 1,800 members. Oh, yeah. And like that school was full of them. The yeah. hospital's full of them. Like, and like when they call the in reinforcements go. later, there's like a, literally seven football teams of terrorists running at that building at that yeah. point. Well, yeah, they, 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 go, they make a point of going all over the school to show you just how many yeah. terrorists there are there now. And the guy actually comes up and says like, we need to double our double forces. It. It's <laughs> like, like, there's not any more people in this country, dude. <laughs> yeah. But so they they have a whole bit where, okay, it's, once it's nighttime, that's when they're all coming in. And they all gear up. And Chuck's got his force that's going in through the sewers. And they pass Andy <laughs> Dufresne on their way in. And, <laughs> right. And they sneak into the, into the complex. And, like, Lee Marvin and the rest of the squad are waiting outside mm-hmm. in all the Jeeps and the motorcycles motorcycles and everything and shockingly quiet jeeps and motorcycles yeah yeah i think the implication was that they were somehow electric powered or something sort of like the, the i don't know they made jeeps. engine noises not yeah. very loud though i mean they were pretty quiet and they yeah. had that weird stealthy blue headlight that, pr- mm-hmm. that provided no light whatsoever yes so but yeah chuck and his team of there's like three other guys with him get in and they set up like we're like, what are they doing? Yeah. And and oh, they set God. up a lat. They pull out one ladder. They cut to Lee Marvin doing something in the, <laughs> the truck, back. and they cut back. And they have assembled four ladders with a scaffolding on top of it. We're like, where the hell were they carrying all this? Well, stuff? I was wondering what they were carrying on their backs. They had this like thing sticking yeah, out of their pouches. Pack. But I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but they didn't have a whole freaking scaffolding rig, and but they had the Ronco folding scaffolding <laughs> yeah. rig. <laughs> something, but yeah. So they set it up, and they and like Chuck has pulled out a map, and he's like, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they put explosive gel or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's the Batman explosive. Yeah, gel. it's a big Spray circle. Yeah. You know, and then Lee Marvin's got his sweet Velcro, Velcro watch. <laughs> yeah. and he flips up the Velcro on it. They synchronize their swatches. Yep. And he's like, we got 60 seconds till game time. So Chuck blows the floor open. They've got night vision goggles on pop up and just ice these dudes. You know, yeah, they do. Don't kill a hostage. They're killing all the bad guys that are in there. Well, like because terrorist, bad guys yeah, because terrorist policy is to stay elevated in the room while yes. all the hostages are flat on the floor, uh-huh. so that when dudes pop up, it's like you can easily pick out the. It is in the handbook. Yeah, though they were probably not expecting dudes to pop up from the floor. Probably wasn't on their brain <laughs> at the time. Probably not. But still, that. I and the guys who were trying to escape are just like climbing the walls and stuff. They're yeah. just going higher. So yeah, but they so they take all them out and they're all the hostages are like. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. We're free. <laughs> and this starts them just like the Delta Force just demolishing this camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's dudes outside. They're just killing all them. They're running in with their with their Jeeps, and they're doing unnecessary stunts over ramps. Yeah, and they have bikes. They have yeah. bikes, too. Yeah, yeah, bikes with... We'll note missile launchers on the front of the bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This sounds familiar. Yep. Not as spiffy as the Megaforce. No. But... 
they are not as rad as the Megaforce bikes. Minus they, one specific feature, they are pretty much equivalent in terms of ammunition and yeah. firepower, with maybe an extra bonus of the rear-mounted kaboomies. Yes, <laughs> yeah, which Chuck gets. Well, they're to also use not quite on. as ornate. Either. No, no, I mean, no, 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 no. They're subtle. Yeah, they're they're just, <laughs> yeah. they're black dirt bikes, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are. Not, they don't have lightning bolts no. on the on the no. front shield. No, they don't. And gold, and they don't yeah. fly. <laughs> Sadly, sadly, that's a shame. That has a sad yeah. now. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, sorry, but there are there are so many similarities to Mega Force yeah. going on in this movie that we'll get to a little more of them later. But yeah. sweet stunts, but yeah, lots so, of sweet stunts. But this is kind of like the raid that Mega Force does, is, where they just exactly demolish like that everyone. Yeah, it's just jumping around and blowing shit up. And yeah, and and Chuck sees these dudes like he's. He gets up to the top floor where the radio guy is calling like the other camp where one of the leaders who we've seen intermittently throughout. Yeah. Well, he's already confronted Mustafa, mm-hmm. who was hiding oh, under yeah. the bed. Yeah, <laughs> Mustafa noticed, crazy eyes. He noticed because like, I don't know, he like knocks a, a he has Chuck or something. Sense. Yeah. 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 Chuck always like has the a belt sense. or something on the end right. of the bed just yeah. sort of moving. He was like, oh. Yeah. And he lifts up the mattress and yeah. there's Mustafa shooting and he shoots him in the chest yeah. and. Sleep tight. Sleep tight. <laughs> and I will say, T-Strell called it right before that happened. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a guest in the house. We, yeah. He's not here for the casting. But. No. He's not allowed to have a microphone. No, he's not. <laughs> we kicked him out. But no, T-Strell was present, but he said it exactly like Chuck yeah. did, too. He's like, sleep tight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Chuck, he said, he Chuck totally got the end, too. I don't know what it was. Like, well, there, were, there were several lines that... that he, had, he had a word, too. Like he was like It was like sleep tight scumbag or something. Yeah, like, you know, something like that. Which I gotta admit, not a very satisfying kill for. I think it was dirt something. Not a very satisfying kill for Mustafa, really. No, and for a second, you weren't even sure it was Mustafa because so many hairy-faced guys have shown up until he did crazy eyes. (laughs) Yeah, because he died and gave the crazy eyes. It's like, oh, Mustafa. Yeah, well. Nice knowing you. But then that's when he sneaks up on the radio guy, and the radio mm. guy is calling the other guys like, the Americans are here, there's thousands of them with tanks, and they're murdering us. <laughs> and, and the, the guy's and like, guy's just like, well, kill the Americans. It's like, no, you don't understand. They are killing us. <laughs> and that's when Chuck comes in and... Hey. <laughs> that's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> Shoots that guy. And then, hey. <laughs> and then the other guy on the radio notices their silence. He's just like, American... American, hello. Yeah, he starts speaking English. Yeah, and then he starts saying some bullshit to, you know, it's like, we will get you and you will never find and blah, blah, blah. And so Chuck yeah, shoots he, the radio. Yeah, well, he says, like, do you understand me? He's like, loud and clear. Loud and clear. <laughs> Guns it down. <laughs> right. And the guy's like, look, he does the look at the phone. What? Yeah. Because it, it does all thing. the squeegee squelch. Yeah. But then they move out and then Chuck goes outside and he sees two guys like lining up a rocket launcher, figuring out how to shoot it at Lee Marvin. So, of course, he jumps from the top and just sort of lands on them. Yeah. And chops them in the back of <laughs> right. the neck, which, judo chop. as we know, always knocks a dude out. Yes. Immediately. Absolutely. And then he rocket and then launchers like, oh, some hey, random look, dudes. Rocket launcher. <laughs> There's like two dudes in a tent. He's like, well, <laughs> Fuck works, those guys. works for me. <laughs> Flaming dude. Yeah. And then Lee Marvin just looks up and is like, what are you doing up there? Put that down. <laughs> he's like, he's like get down here. He's like, what do you want me to jump? He's like, well, get down here somehow. <laughs> I don't care. Just make it fast. So Chuck <laughs> is just like, what is the most awesome way that I can get down there? Why, look, there's a wire here, isn't there? Why don't I grab my Uzi and one hand it down this wire while firing said Uzi? <laughs> just into randomly bad guys. like, hey, there's bad guys over there. I'll shoot them yeah. for the hell of it. <laughs> Lee Marvin's like, hey, thanks for joining us. You know Sweet. what? It looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. But yeah, so he's he guns dudes down. They get mm-hmm. and that's when they they start rounding all the hostages up because the other hostages have gotten pinned down by a gr- guy throwing a grenade in at them. Yeah, and one of the hostages gets hurt. Oh. And, Take some shrapnel. Yeah. yeah so Chuck that. just like 
kills them, opens the door. He's like, what are you waiting in there for? Get out of here. Get out of here. That's that's when the other guys roll up and him and the the one Delta Force guy are just standing there with with rocket launchers. And like there's this convoy at the end of the street and they're just looking down the street like... Well, the, you're skipping a little bit there, because like basically the the the, the rest of them get yeah, out of there. The, the, yeah, the hostages get out of there, and then there's like a team B that was invading the headquarters. Oh right, yeah. And they've cleared out the headquarters, which is where they were holding the the Jewish members and the the two remaining Navy mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. And they've cleared out, and they're they're on this convoy that you said. And yeah, yeah. Well, I like that they call back to Lee Marvin, and they're like, um, "There's nobody here." Yeah. And he's like, "We'll find them." And he's like, "You do realize how big this city is, <laughs> right, like, asshole?" Like, Pardon me for saying, sir, fuck? but this place is goddamn huge. Yeah. There's too many people here. How are we supposed to find? It's like, you? find someone who speaks English. Yeah, and, and then get somehow they find a room full of dudes that yeah. none of them were armed, and no, they were just all on the floor with their hands. Yeah, over their so head. they start yeah. threatening one of them, yeah. and then oh, there, there you go. Yeah, yeah they're on this road there. to wherever. Right. Yeah, but that's when Chuck yeah. and. The other dude are just standing standing there with rocket launchers. <laughs> yeah, just like, and this is when all the football teams you said of dudes, well, come rolling up. The, the plan was they they've wired the building for reinforcements. So Chuck and the other dude are standing there with rocket launchers as one team rolls up and they fire the launchers at the first two vehicles, mm-hmm. and then everyone in the in the in the the personnel carriers are like, ah, oh, fuck! So they all start storming the school, mm-hmm. and then Lee Marvin just busts out like this old school you know button device. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're getting close. Switch. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't wait until they got inside. Yeah, that was dumb. But it's it's kind of funny because like it's this swarm of people running. running and then it explodes and they all just go, oh, <laughs> run away. Yeah. Run away. I mean, seriously, like run 75 away. dudes are swarming this building and it's yeah. just like, kaboom. And they all just turn around and run back. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I renounce my cause. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens? Uh, uh, then then like, yeah, they basically yeah. take <laughs> out the rest of the dudes, but then, um, uh, Robert Forrester's guy gets away yeah. in a Mercedes. Right. And he, it's funny because like he runs away, but he runs to this house that's like right next door. It's, I mean, literally it's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I mean, they, there's a little bit of a chase there's going a, on. Yeah, there, there's a chase because he's part of a convoy because too. Because Chuck is the only one stopping the convoy. Right. right. Like he's sitting in the middle of the road. Oh, like, that's and right. we, and we missed the shot where crew. after Chuck blows up the yeah. henchman guy uh-huh. with the rocket launcher. Right. And then he drives off, literally stops in the sunset. Yes. And poses. Yes. Yeah, that, and I was going to say, they, all the guys that ran towards the place that blew up got back in the vehicles and yeah. they kept on. Right. And Chuck took the, that's when he took the motorcycle thing. Yeah. Because he does his little pose he, and then he, he stops and, and does the same thing, stops in the middle of the road. Yeah. And, and Force was like, what the fuck are you stopping for? What? One guy on a motorcycle. And he's like, have you seen that dude up there? And then that's when Chuck, like, you see the little missile launch go, I think that's the first launch we get, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the... Yeah. So he fires one, destroys the first car, and they're like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. Scatter, right. scatter. <laughs> and then he just drives back and forth, like he loops around them mm-hmm. and blows up another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point in there is when and he does the Indiana Jones thing where he jumps on the, the, the carrier. I can't find the, the one guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, well, and at least the Navy guys finally are like, hey, those dudes are distracted. Now's we our can, chance. We can kick them out the back of this <laughs> right. thing. Which they do, mm. and then the one Navy guy crawls on top of the of the truck while Chuck is just getting his face manhandled by the driver. Yeah. He's like, "You need any help? Stay here." <laughs> Chuck's like, "Take the wheel, drive," and he just jumps out of the truck with yeah, that. Jumps out with that dude. Yeah, but basically, they just Robert Forster is the only one that yeah, gets away. They, at they this point. finish off everybody else, and then Robert Forster gets away. Like I said, runs to this house that's right around the corner. 
for I don't know seemingly seemingly occupied moments before, but there are never any people around. There's like obviously people had a meal. They probably and were watching heard explosions. Television. Yeah, like, sure. Got out of there. They know the drill, but but. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like he's looking out the window at them rounding up the rest of everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not far. No, no. And then he just hears the bike. Well, Chuck he starts stalking bike. him around the house. Well, yeah, he hears the bike. And yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. he looks out the window or he opens the front door and Chuck's there. And he goes to get his gun and shoot him, but Chuck's Chuck is gone. driven off. <laughs> and so you just randomly hear around the house a few times. He's like looking Robert out windows. Forster's freaking out. Yeah. And uh, you can sort of tell from the framing that we're suddenly in this sort of destructible set. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, there's yep. a big old fucking window back there. <laughs> yep. Time to crash through it on a motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> we all saw it coming yes. and it's still satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only does he bust through that window, jump on a motorcycle he lands in the house and just parks his bike well he punches him as he drives <laughs> yes, he by punches him. him as he drives by and parks the bike yeah the bike doesn't Kick, slide down or crash into down anything. the kickstand and everything parks it it's just like all right time mm-hmm. to fight and then just proceeds to beat the fuck out of him yeah and he does like that's one thing chuck norris does that separates him i think from a lot of the other guys is when he is beating the hell out of a guy, he never gives one-liners or anything. No. And he always looks just deadly serious. Yeah. Well, luckily, he doesn't do that forget how to fight at the end fights. No, never. never. That has to be in his contract. I'm just saying, like, the the one on the truck was like, why can't you take this one guy out? You just murdered 50 other dudes. Why is this guy, the truck driver, giving you a problem? Yeah. Mm Well, but, hanging off a truck, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. You know, it's not, you're not Stunts. exactly in your Chuck element. Chuck decided to handicap himself. Sure. That's yeah. what happened. But yeah. I'm saying, like, he doesn't do that, like, oh, I forgot how to yeah, fight. Right. He, he whips Robert Forrester's ass. Yes. And, like, yeah. every time he goes to reach for another hidden weapon, he's like, no, no, no. You will not be. Well, that's the thing. Like, he pulls out the knife and Chuck just. He doesn't think about it. He sort of growls at him at one point. He's like, Yeah, and he just grabs his hand and holds it, like, in a death grip. And he's like, no. Just sneers at him, like, drop it. Just drop it. You're not going to to kill you. Like, no. Chuck just gives him the look like, just give up. Yeah. All right. What are you doing? Just let me kill you already and save us some time here. Yeah. But he kind of lets him go a little bit. Like, he's stumbling and dying. Yeah, he stumbles out to the car. And Chuck's, like, turned around like he's about ready to ride off and just looking back at him like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, and Robert Forster's just sort of like. Oh, we we forgot. Like, he did the, um, Robert Forster gets away and Chuck. Jumps out through the window again. That's right. Oh, onto yeah. the car door. Oh, yeah. He's got his, his arm, arm through the car door. Yeah. And just, oh, he smashes yeah. arm of the car. Yeah. All that. All that hurts so yeah. bad to but that, watch. That comes because like he's trying to one arm pick up his his AK at this point yeah. to shoot him on the bike, and Chuck's just looking at him like, "Do it. Um, Make a move. <laughs> Make a move. Come at me, bro." And that's and the first time we see this other special feature of the bike, which is like rear mortars. Rear firing <laughs> yep. mortars. Which you know, no aiming or distance. I mean, it's just perfect. Exactly. It's just the distance where Chuck is from the car that Robert Forrester. Well, he positioned himself so Mm -hmm. he could do that. I guess, but just, you know, flip switch and blows up the car. Boom! (laughs) And at this point, we're like, okay, everyone's dead. Yep. Right? No. No. (laughs) No, they have to go get the pilots. The pilots Pilots. are still on the plane. And the guy Mm -hmm. who got stopped at security is... Is is holding them yeah. and screaming yeah. at them. And it's like three guys holding the three yeah. pilots. It's yeah. so weird. And Lee Marvin and them, like they creep through this little cotton field, clip the fence, right. get in and just demolish these guys. Because mm-hmm. they've all got like the machine guns with giant silencers mm-hmm. on the end of it. So they just take out everybody but one guy. Well, yeah. I mean, a couple of the Jeeps have these giant cannons on them. Yeah. Lee Marvin blew up something at one point with that one of those things. Was just yeah, like, I, oh, think, I think, that, I think that was the final take out the rest of the convoy yeah. that was escaping. Yeah. They used yeah. those. But, it's but so Lee weird. Marvin just catches this guy and he's just like, 
Who's yeah. left? If you want to live, like you got a code word left. and you know, bring him out here with the code word. Mm-hmm. But I want to say like the the guy that was traveling with him, I as far as like something that should have been cooler, there were three guys come around the corner and he shot him with the, the silenced rifle. Mm-hmm. But he shot like six shots. It should have just been you know, yeah, that, yeah. that what I mean, that's like little things like yeah. just, mm-hmm. just bonus shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, double, yeah, maybe but, he's double tapping each one. Yeah. <laughs> Head and heart. Yep. <laughs> but he's that good. But that dude, like he, he calls on, he calls on the radio and that dude comes out. At the top of the stairs, and Lee Marvin's just like, bam. Yep. Right one, in the forehead. Right yeah. in the dome. Yeah. yeah. So really, the whole story arc for that guy was dumb. Why yeah. he was in any way important, no idea, because... Not at all. He other contributes than, yeah. nothing. Other than he was one of the, the three original planned yeah. terrorists. Yeah. Brothers or whatever they were, yeah. you know? Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. That was... I, I think that was, it was specifically probably also, put in there. Yeah, that happened yeah. with the... Uh, the hijacking of yeah. the okay. Air France. I just don't know why they felt they had to be so close to the source material. No exactly. one. That's not what this is. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all this all this really serves to do is give us a really weird ending because now they've basically rescued the pilots. But somewhere yeah, well, along Lee the way, Marvin walks in and he's just like, "Good morning." Yeah, this thing. Like is, the guy's <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need anything to fly? He's like, "Runway." And yeah. He's like, "We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Clear the runway right. and then like let's fly this thing to Israel." But basically, somewhere along the way, Pete, the guy that. Nora saves in the very first scene oh, yeah. gets mortally wounded. Mm-hmm. It gets shot in the jeep or whatever, and they've been carrying him around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they load up. You know, everybody now gets back onto the plane, or you know, the people that are left in you know right. in Lebanon. They get up back on the plane. They well, fly yeah. back to Israel, and All they have that. this whole like. Well, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> the <laughs> other mega force parallel oh, shows up yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're ready to take off. And there are still some soldiers left there that are like, no, you're not taking off. Yeah, there's a few truckloads of dudes. Yeah, and so they're coming at them with mounted machine guns on right. the Jeeps. And Chuck rides up behind them. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! And of course, he's got machine guns he's, mounted on the front He's reloaded of his, his, yes. his motorcycle because so he has he, a couple more rockets. Yeah, he guns them Did down. Did he grab a different motorcycle? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Anyhow. matter. Does not matter. But yeah, but he, he guns them down and then gets ahead of them. Yeah. Fires one mortar. Yeah. Fires two mortars. Yeah. Blows them up. Yeah. And then Lee Marvin's like, all right, we're good. Let's do this. Right. But we got to get Chuck on the plane, don't we? Yeah. Somebody get a rope out there. Yeah. So that's when he gets behind the plane and he's just like, as he's driving around the plane, he's uh-huh. just constantly popping wheelies. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just oh, yeah. popping wheelies. He does every that time. whenever he's on the bike. But this time, especially, he's just like, mm-hmm. for some reason, that just makes him catch up but, faster. God, we were just like, it's so close to Megaforce that I was like, pretty close. If this motorcycle sprouts wings and takes <laughs> off, I'm going to lose my shit. So, okay. Sadly, it did not. No, but, but it's, it did it, something equally as awesome. Yeah, because he goes for the... They've lowered a rope for him, and he reaches out for it and can't quite get it and can't quite get it and falls back a little well, bit. Well, it's throttles on the right hand. And yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So... But what he does is, I guess, to make it easier, <laughs> is he hops up. He hops up on the bike like he's surfing it. He stands uh-huh. on the seat, <laughs> yeah, and then grabs the rope. He pulls an Indian Larry, yeah, and then gets in that way, which is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. <laughs> I sort of wish we'd seen this. And movie they got first. a good stuntman for that too, yeah, because that guy looked a lot like Chuck. Yeah, I mean, there were scenes you could tell. Obviously, it was a Chuck Norris stunt dude, but yeah, but it was like pretty that good. One they keep showing the dude, bearded like, guy. Yeah, the stunt <laughs> dude was a little more feathered hair. That was the yeah. only difference. Like it was yeah, like, but yeah. I mean, he looked close. Yeah, it was. It was. It was decent. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah, 
but Chuck gets in and yeah, he does. everyone's cheering and yeah. passing out beers. They start and, singing America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Well, that's afterwards. Like, that's weird. Oh, no, no, that's right. Yeah, they yeah. pass all the Budweiser. But of course, everybody. in first class, you got Pete dying. dying. Right. Yeah. So everyone in the bank is celebrating. He gives, a, he gives some lame singing, speech, uh, too, that America. like. Yeah. Yeah. But Pete gives a lame speech that's just like completely unmemorable. And then well, dies. he has a catchphrase because he yes. says it to oh. which is "I'll see you when I see you." He says that two uh, or three times, yeah. and so he gets to say that when he dies. You know, yeah. and this like, was when George Kennedy gets to come back because he's the the priest, right? Yeah. So he so he gets to rub yeah. Pete's head a lot. <laughs> God, he keeps rubbing his head, he's molesting that. Dead is he dude's just head. like, man, this guy uses so much conditioner. <laughs> yeah. It closes feels so his eyes good. and just sort of touches his face, uh, and yeah, yeah. But, so George Kennedy gets a moment of whatever, <laughs> of <head heading. laughs> yeah. So yeah. well. And so he dies, and it—that's what ends the movie on such a weird ass yeah. note. Yeah, because yeah. all the all the the hostages are are celebrating, and the yeah, Delta Force is like, all bummed yeah. out. They're all just like, "Oh shit, Pete's dead." Yeah, and well, the, the top guys, the rest, the rest of Delta Force is back there enjoying the buds. Well, and, they don't yeah, know well, yet. I mean, honestly, because there's like seventy of them. Yeah, yeah. one guy died. Yeah, it's yeah. like so they're half like, of them shit, probably didn't yeah, even this know is who the Pete best was. mission we've ever <laughs> had. <laughs> Right. We only lost one dude. Yeah, it's amazing. Not we killed like five hundred well, people. The Navy dude died, but no one gave a shit about that guy. Nah, he wasn't part of the Delta Force, <laughs> right? Exactly. No. Well, he's not. Yeah, and he's also a little bit above hostage, mm-hmm. right? He's as in like probably should have done something in the first reel of the movie. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. it, it just it's but this weird. And- yeah, it's this weird tone at the end of the movie where everyone is they land and everyone's celebrating yeah, and you know guys are reunited with their wives and, and their so they're all happy. And- but the movie is telling you to be sad because Pete's dead yeah, and Chuck Norris is sad. Pete out in right. the body bag. Chuck, Chuck Norris almost cries. They have that lingering. Yeah, shot they, like, they zoom in on him oh, like, oh, like, it's gonna happen. Is it gonna, be single, is it gonna be single tier? Yeah, I mean, eyes are all watery and then they But you know, basically, they just load Pete up on the. I would imagine Chuck Norris is a sloppy crier, probably. Yeah. You know, holds it in for like 40 yeah, years yeah, and it's just, just once, it comes out, once it comes out he's all snotty that's, yeah. and just, that's what happened was with the <laughs> tropical storm Debbie was actually Chuck Norris's tears <laughs> and that's what flooded the exploded. entire city yes. yeah so, but yeah, the, the end of this movie, the, the tone is Delta Force guy died, Chuck Norris is sad, Lee Marvin is sad, everybody's sad, the movie's telling you to be sad, and then at the very end, Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin just sort of shake hands, and Chuck Norris smiles, and then theme kicks in, and credits, and it's like, hooray? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's If they had stayed consistent with the, like, you know, we're we're soldiers, and we're going to mourn our man, you know, yeah. they let, let the people celebrate, right. we mm. did our job, but we lost, you know, all right. And, you know, maybe some yeah. sort of... Yeah, it's, it's like it's all they are focused night. on is yeah. that he's dead. It's yeah. like the lack of music and the lack of any kind of... But if they had stayed focused on, yeah. on that instead mm-hmm. of going to, like, Lee Marvin and yeah. Chuck Norris or <laughs> we'll be back again in Delta Force 2, <laughs> ass mm-hmm. kicking for Jesus or whatever. You know who won't be back? Pete. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pete won't be back. Pete's dead. Did you remember that? No, Pete. All those hostages are alive, but Pete's dead. Yeah, it's oh, like, I lost one. Yeah. Well, it, Maybe to me, that. it's it's almost like over the top where it feels like they don't know what kind of movie they necessarily wanted to make. Because, mm-hmm. you know, over the top, you got all the awesome arm wrestling stuff, but mm-hmm. then you got the bullshit family <laughs> drama yeah. that takes up like two thirds of the movie. And mm-hmm. this is how this one feels is it's like, uh, let's care about all these hostages that all they are are just people in the background for the last third of the movie. And it's, well, I, well, it's I think it, the, I think the tone the, is yeah. way off. I think the problem is, is that like, you could do this in a Hong Kong movie where you can mix eight different genres of movie and it'd be mm-hmm. fine because things in it would be so damn good that it would make you forget that like, oh, yeah, there was that weird musical number. Or there's that weird love story mm-hmm. thing right. or whatever. Like, it, it'd be fine. But like, 
nothing hits a, a high enough point in this. Like, I mean, like there's yeah. there's really good stuff, but like that's yeah, because we're like, not even talking about like Chuck doing the freaking motorbike jump mm-hmm. over the gates mm-hmm. to get into the right. airport yeah. and while he's blowing up the jeeps right next to him and mm-hmm. just i mean there's like yeah cool stuff yeah, th- there this yeah. two this two hour movie would provide like two minutes of great clips mm-hmm. you know that's the problem is that well you could edit this down to an 80 minute movie oh if, yeah easily if you, you could remove some of the the, the bullshit setup and just just concentrate more on making those dudes pure evil so that when they die, it's like, fuck, yeah, they died. Fuck those mm-hmm. guys. You know, whereas the movie does now is just sort of like, well, what's their cause? I mean, what are they? Yeah. What's yeah, going they on? Just, they I mean, say they hate Americans. Yeah, because America really blew matters. up Beirut, but the Americans are like, no, we didn't. And then it's like, yeah, you did. And yeah. well, they also hate the Jews. Right. There's yeah. some Jew hating. I, I, you, know. you know, I hate to always like use this as an example, but like Rumble in the Bronx, everybody's the Jackie Chan movie everybody's right. seen. Yeah. Like the way that movie ends, right. it just leaves you with that like happy fuck yeah feeling. Mm-hmm. Like and that's that's the thing is like that, that's the mixing of the genre movies, yeah. things like this. Like it, it just felt like he was and, trying to cram and this two is a movies in a canon one. movie. Yeah. That's how yeah. it should feel at the end. Right. And yeah. it's like Chuck pointed out earlier, mm-hmm. he said canon movies are known for go 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 yeah. go and this one is like go. Well, I'm saying I think and that's then the problem wait for an hour. I think that's yeah. the problem with the actual Monarch and Golan movies that we've seen, at mm-hmm. least the two that we've seen. It's, that's what the sense I'm getting is it's like, well, I'm going to try to cram at least two genres of movies into one and get, you know, I, this is going to be the one they remember me for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's this not very talented guy. Yeah. You know, so it's like he has these moments in him, but then it's like, he doesn't know how well, to it's like, like he, leave you with the right feeling at the yeah. end. Well, it's or, like he goes for the stuff he's not good at. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he is good at action scenes mm-hmm. and making your hero look cool. Yeah. Right. But drama, he's not good at the drama or in the other, but crap. this is the kind of movie like I, it, in certain other movies, like if there were a slow build like this, you could, I mean, you're just setting yourself up to have an amazing finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, like Megaforce. I, I forgive most of Megaforce because it's like, I know it was slow, but like that ending yeah. is so like, I mean, you get that shot shit. of like 50 yeah. bikes going yeah. across the desert. That, I mean, it yeah. looks awesome. That ending yeah. like almost makes me forgive the other hour and a half of the bullshit. But like, yeah. this doesn't even really kind of quite reach that because you, you've got that strange ending where it's like, oh, are we happy or sad? What are we? Yeah. Yeah. You and know. I mean, e- I, I, I sort of, yeah. I mean, I sort of look at a movie like Executive Decision, which I think is just a fucking great action movie, mm-hmm. and it's it it's sort of what this movie should have been, which is basically like evil fuckers, and then this sort of slow build to some sort of action, but but some shit goes wrong, and then they got to deal with that, and then mm-hmm. it's like how they're going to overcome this, and this is just basically like there's this team of elite dudes who kick ass. The only reason this movie is going on so long is because they start out so far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've <laughs> and basically we they need, to, they need to, to fill there. time yeah. and as soon as the bad guys land they go somewhere else yeah so it's just like well okay let's just tell well, some like more a, over the top is a perfect setup like that is great like that, uh, an underdog movie mm-hmm. and yeah. and the way that movie ends is just like yeah okay one I get yeah you know it's like and then it's like here's here's some bullshit you know like yeah. reunited with a kid got a yeah. truck yeah. you know Screaming it's just like it doesn't Robert leave Loja. you with that karate kid like fuck yeah, yeah. like you won the tournament right yeah sweet tropes yeah you know but. i mean karate kid ends like <laughs> yeah karate kid's over and everything yeah. good happened you yeah. know delta force ends is like yeah this movie ended mm-hmm. and is it a good ending poor pete <laughs> yeah right. honestly if they wanted to do it right pete should have died before chuck went after the 
when that should have been Robert the motivating Forster. factor for Chuck to just be like, I'm going to fucking murder that guy. Yep. And everyone who's left, I don't even care if they're just bugging out. Yep. I'm going to murder them too. Fuck them. They killed Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I love no, Pete. Exactly. There's no vindication moment. It's, <laughs> no. yeah, it's you, like we're left to dwell on it. Yeah. It's like, thanks, movie. And yeah. it's not like you really care about Pete. No, you no. don't. He's because kind of you see so think. little of the Delta Force <laughs> yeah. through the first hour. Yeah. There's no way to know. Exa- I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't even put together it was the same guy that Chuck rescued at the beginning until he said his name. Mm-hmm. Pete. Yeah. Whatever. Let's anyway, rate this now that we've basically eat. given all of our justifications. <laughs> yeah, the, rating, sure. the rating part should be easy. Yeah. First of all, Stargrove. Uh, oh, it's close. It's this close. This is the, a good 80s soundtrack. Yeah, the Delta theme, Delta Force theme is good. And the, and and the small the variations. Yeah, the small variations of it are kind of good, too. It's so funny because it's like it. you hear it sneak in like uh-huh. it wants to go like full blast bombastic. <laughs> yeah, but like it's you like, get the little the, the hi-hats coming in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's like the percussion kicks in. You're like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. And then you hear like the, the one synthesized horn version of it, you know. Yeah, it was almost the America fuck yeah, low, you know, sad version. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's coming. Here it comes. Some shit is going to go down. And a couple times they use it in like the wrong place. And then a couple times they don't use it at all when they should be using it like them coming out of that manhole after sneaking into that mm-hmm. right then should have been just like yeah here they come da, 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 da. <laughs> but uh, that i wish this music was like in my car on a permanent loop sometimes when i'm driving around <laughs> like when when <laughs> i made great. it through floodwaters the other day successfully yep. that music should have kicked in <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, Stargrove, anyone? I'm giving it a Stargrove. Yeah. I vote Stargrove. I vote Stargrove. Yeah. It's that, Alan Silvestri. That I mean, that dude, awesome. you know. I do think it's a really good theme song. I yeah. mean, it just. The, uh, rest the overall of, score, right, it's. I'll allow it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yay. Well, Stargrove has to be unanimous, right? I know. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was just a majority. I no. thought Stargrove had to be unanimous. I think Stargrove has to be unanimous. Okay. Yeah. So. I'll allow it. Okay, great. Okay. As far as rating goes, I'm going two jocks. That's exactly where I was sitting. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. last half hour is awesome, but it's, again, a it's lot a like Megaforce. You got to sit through a bunch of bullshit to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I rated Megaforce higher because I, I, I love the ending of that. Well, Megaforce, Megaforce is so satisfying. A, a better end. payoff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus, it's so fucking stupid and yet so gloriously awesome the, at the same time. Just the, the, the bikes with the smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, that was worth yeah. so yeah. much to me. Yeah, it meant so it much. You it, such it joy. You. It did. It did. Yeah, I mean, it's like I almost want to go higher than two because of, there are some spectacular stunts and things like that. But it's like, to be honest with you, the the odd pacing and everything else in it, that's like dragging it out of bags territory, probably. Because I mean, it's just so. Yeah, I mean, literally, and, there yeah. is there's an hour and fifteen minutes of nothing. There is a whole movie of nothing interrupting this action movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yep. that's not good. Yeah. So not what yeah. you want in a canon movie. No, I'm gonna have to go two jocks as well. Yeah, I believe two jocks is what I'm going to do as well. Wow. We agreed on something that wasn't five jocks. We, you know, we were so it, amped on this movie in the oh first yeah. like 10 seconds. It's like, yeah. this movie knows what we want. It's right. like mm-hmm. canon logo and explosions. Yes, let's go. Delta it's like Force. A girl shows up, like, it's like the girl that shows up at your house with just a coat <laughs> on and a bottle of scotch right. and a... You know, and a firehouse subs, and she's like, "Yeah, let's do this." Right, and then she talks to you for an hour and a half. Right, she sits uh, on your couch and cries. Then finally, she gives you kind of an okay handy. <laughs> and then leaves. Yeah. So you know, there's a misogyny quotient for the day. You eventually end up in the same place, but right. it just took too fucking long to get so, there. It took too Delta long. Force. It took too long in the payoffs. It's, it's like an okay handy. <laughs> <laughs> it takes too long, and the payoff really isn't as good as you expected no, when it started. But still, 
you had an orgasm. <laughs> ah, beautiful metaphors. Analogy of the year. <laughs> yeah, contender. Great. Well, two there jocks now has a totally different meaning than me. Two jocks is the. We're gonna start giving movies handies. Is the rough handy. Movie ratings. I didn't say it was a rough handy. It was a no, okay handy. No, one bag is like a dry handy. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh. Wow. Wow. Can yeah. we... Uh, oh. Let's take a break. Take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Dear God. All right, and welcome hey, back. Second hey, half, second hey. half of the Bamcast. Sweet. Hi. The half for America. That's right. Hurrah. 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 <laughs> so. And the delightful end of Force Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So God's sad. sad to see it go. Yes. I know. But oh, I'd well. love to watch it leave, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you saying? I'm saying that I like its buttock. <sighs> oh. And I like to watch it bounce as it walks it's away. Gluteus Maximus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some movies, shall we? Ooh, all right. That's, I've seen a movie. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, movies. Let's, let's, hey, Mac, you've seen the new hotness, <laughs> right? I saw a movie. The new hot mess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw one of those movies I declared I would never, ever see. Mm. Good can job. You, can you please do the entire review of it with absolutely no expression on your face? That's easy. Okay. <laughs> Snow White and the Huntsman, or as I call it, Swath. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, oh, I, I got gotcha. you. It's like scuba. Good one. It's easier than saying self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm-hmm. What did you figure it would be? Uh, about two hours long. That's correct. Okay. Um, probably a semi halfway decent movie if there weren't what's your face in it. Yes. The stone face <laughs> killer. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and I figured that Chris Hemsworth would throw something at somebody. Uh, yes, he does once. All okay. right. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it, it's as generic as you figure it is. Okay. There's, it's not poorly made, but it's not well made either. I mean, there's some of the effects are pretty good mm-hmm. and Charlize seems to be having a good time hemming it up as the main bad chick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, when you set it up where basically the only one more beautiful in the land than Charlize Theron is the little boy from Panic Room. Mm-hmm. You've kind of fucked up. False premise. Right. Yeah. Like, and God, that girl just no sells that entire movie. She is just, <laughs> oh, how Kristen Stewart has a career is just fucking beyond me. She is the biggest unless, box office star in the world. Unless she can just memorize lines well enough that she just doesn't fuck up takes. Like mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can think of that makes people keep going. We need to keep casting this girl and stuff. It's weird. It's because like when, when, it's, I, when I think of her, I have to think of like movies I didn't absolutely hate her in. That's like how I have to look at her. <laughs> she's not hateable in this. She's just a complete yeah. non-entity. Right. Like, and, and that's what bugs me so much is you've got a movie where you can have, you got a kick-ass female villain and you're supposed to have this kick-ass female lead, but instead you're stuck with her. And there's one point where she's supposed to rally the troops because, you know, the queen's taken over and sure it's just it's painful mm. it's just flat out painful tell it, me someone you would rather have I, and i'm not i'm I, please don't even begin to construe this as defending Kristen stewart i'm just asking this question who would you rather see cast as um 
as Snow White. Hmm. Lily Sobieski? <laughs> no. Oh, I, no. Could, I could come up with a few people. Okay. Um, probably my first thought would be uh, Sucker Punch Chick. Uh, yes. Emily Brown? Like yeah, Emily, Emily Brown. Browning. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I'm, she's kind of vacuous too, but at least she's better looking, but... Yeah. See, I that's mean, the problem is it's tough to find a young act- actress that's can act both good. Well, yeah, but both good looking and also kind of can project a badassness about her, yeah. which this role actually does need something yeah, like yeah. that. And, well, she and has, there's very I mean, few young actresses out today that can do that. It's unfortunate because of the oversaturation, but this would be, I think that would have been a role that would have been perfect for Emma Stone if she hadn't been in every other fucking movie in the last two years. I don't. Uh, because I think she's, she's, she's she, cute. No, she plays. I'm saying badass I mean, in Zombieland style. Like she, she pulled the like. She I have a work, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, and she can act. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we're still doing the like, she's got to beat Charlize Theron in beauty sort of thing. Emma Stone does not cut it. I mean, she. I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the girl. She's just not. If you're gonna, well, in that case, you complain about. In that case, you dye her hair, and it's uh, the girl from Drive Angry, uh, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I could see Amber Heard. Now, she definitely yeah, plays guess, badass. I heard. Like there was the other Snow White movie a couple months ago, right? And yeah. Julia Roberts was the okay the evil queen. evil queen. See, that's better casting because like Julia Roberts was at one time pretty hot, but She's now is a frightening but, yeah. sort of like m- muted version of herself to where you could say, yeah, that person is more attractive. Than yeah, she Julia needs Roberts. she needs some help now. It's yeah, getting past her time. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Charlize Theron, you're really fighting an uphill battle yeah, trying she, to find someone to surpass her. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just it's. Did you like it? Did you? I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. No, it's it's also made me think. It's gonna be tough to make a fantasy movie after Lord of the Rings, because yeah, like yeah. everything they had with that was like huge budget actors that are hundred percent committed to sure. their roles, and you know any it, this it's like you can't even attempt. You know, in every scene, every fantasy movie these days seems to have to have like the big. Here's everyone riding on horses to their destination, sure. and it's a big army worth of them, you know, and you have yeah. to have that sweeping shot. And, yeah. and then the giant army it. of CGI folks. Yeah, and it's just kind of... Yeah, I mean, to, to you can't compete with Lord of the Rings. You just have to do something different. You have yeah. to bring a different flair to it. You have to bring realistic... And this like doesn't, because like it's a, your standard yeah. fantasy road trip movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, we got to hit this location, and we got to meet these yeah. guys here, and... You got to do like the realistic, like the gladiator, you know, Roman or actual medieval type thing, right. or you got to bring something interesting to it, like a sort of a sci-fi element. Like, yeah, why don't they do Snow White in the future? Because yeah. I mean, didn't they do one with Sigourney Weaver like ten years ago? And there was, there was, yeah. Well, I'm sure they. <laughs> I mean, thought, that was like, like the horror movie yeah. version. I'm sure they thought like, oh, giving Snow White a sword makes it gritty and different. And Wait, what? <laughs> this is what it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh. I don't know. It. it it's gone from theaters basically in a week or two anyway, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, it was, it, it wasn't a total waste of time, but it wasn't anything I'd really recommend. It's just kind of, right. it was just, it's like the definition of average, just completely middle of the road. Yeah. Okay. So. That's, yeah. Chuck, well, why don't you talk about a movie that I'm very curious to hear your opinion <laughs> on? Oh, the other night I watched Bucky Larson, Born to Be a Star. I've heard of that. The internet's least favorite movie of the past year. It is a weird comedy because there is no real conflict in it. It just tells a little story and then stops. Hmm. There, there is no real challenge or anything for the characters to overcome or anything. There's a, there's a brief 
fight between a couple of the characters that has to be resolved sort of quickly and then the movie can wrap up but there's no there's no story arc in this at all which is weird it is not detestable okay there i will fully admit there are two or three things that i laughed out loud at um for some reason kevin nealon has he has a very select few scenes in this but the ones that he has made me laugh for some reason Steven Dorff is in this as a porn star named Dick Shadow. Uh, and he, okay. he has like this little catchphrase that nothing grows in his cock shadow. <laughs> I don't know. It, he has this long ass story about the legend of his name and everything. And he's playing it so damn sincere. It's 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 worth seeing for that. And and also it's worth seeing for Don Johnson, who's playing sort of a, a washed up porn director. But I've never seen Don Johnson be as sincere as he is here. Like, he is, he is like, I know this is a... Everyone else is like, this is a dumb movie. And Don Johnson's like, I will act. I will perform. This is going... I'm. This is my comeback. I will be mm. famous again. So, that was fun. It was fun watching Don Johnson do that. Um, Christina Ricci is in it. She's the love interest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she's the female lead. Oh, lucky her. Yeah. I mean, so this is one of those it's movies. Not, it's not as bad as its reputation, but it's not good. No, it's not is good. what I hear you saying. Not good. Not terrible. I, I've seen other comedies in the last two months that have sort of like offended me with their comedy more so than this did. And I don't mean offended like, you know, offended me. I just mean like telling jokes so bad that I'm angry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the dilemma is worse than this. Um you know, and that's a fucking Ron Howard movie. So with Jennifer Connelly in it, which, you know, is both right in my wheelhouse. It, this mm. is like the other Happy Madison movies, you know, without Adam Sandler in it. They have their moments. It's not Grandma's Boy or anything. And luckily, the people I don't like that are his buddies are in it very sparingly. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, You know, it's short. Got some jokes in it. <laughs> short. It's got short some jokes. Yeah. jokes. I mean, it's one of those movies that go, like goes for jokes every 15 seconds or so. So you will get to a point where you just realize that you're not laughing at anything. And you're just sort of watching it. But then something comes along that's genuinely funny. And you're like, oh, okay. Good job, movie. Hmm. Congrats. Yeah. So. Way to go. Yeah. So there. Suck it, internet. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Is it so not Banffcast worthy or just... It, no. It would probably not yield a good There's episode. not enough plot. Yeah. Yeah, there's not enough plot. Okay. Yeah, comedies in general. Just not good fodder for us some of them like dc yeah. cab. dc cab was great because yeah. that movie is actually insane well like, yeah that movie well it has goes a story weird too. places there's a plot to it sort yeah. of mm-hmm. so yeah i watched uh, an old movie i know we like to talk about new movies but old from like the 40s yes from from back in the golden age of cinema in 1984 oh, um what? i watched 1984's ghostbusters because i realized <laughs> it's on uh Netflix instant. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. Finally, we can watch a Ghostbusters movie that isn't Ghostbusters 2 on Netflix instant. Um, <laughs> man, that movie still stands up. I really, everything except for the effects works in that movie still. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects just are really, compared to anything nowadays, are just atrocious. But there's a certain charm to them that's that's kind of fun i think some of them are okay i think like the, the ghost pro- in the library is still pretty good yeah i think slimer um, is still a pretty good effect for the most part the proton it's, packs it's are okay the, the still neat the proton packs <laughs> are still neat and but the the animation of the of the stream that they shoot out is yeah. 
I mean, the dog things dated. are badly animated. Yeah. They don't yeah, interact they, with the real world very well. Not very well at all. Um, well, and there, there's stuff like when Dana's sitting in the chair and the dog thing, the arms come out of the chair and grabs her or and grab her. Those are those are good. And when it pulls, you know, pulls her into the into mm-hmm. the kitchen, and that's I'm, pretty I'm, good. I'm always a fan of that effect where they do the the stretchy wall, like the the Freddy Krueger thing, yeah, yeah. where the stretchy yeah. wall and the hand moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I that was pretty good. That. But mm-hmm. the I would say the the non practical effects, like the drawn or animated effects are just yeah they're dated they're like stop motion animation at this point they are dated and it it kind of hurts but everything else in that movie is so well done to me that it's still just a a treat to watch i think if they could find somebody who would carefully and lovingly redo some of that stuff i think it would be i think it would be acceptable but it has to be somebody that really 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 wants to make it right i don't know that's treading on hallowed ground i don't know there. if they that's touch, not don't touch it no, yeah. no it's, it's it's one of those things you can do it you just have to offer both versions that's the problem sure. with doing exactly those. exactly I mean, it would if if you if they didn't just cut off the old movie at the point where they right. redid it right then it'd be fine i i would be fine with um and i think it, if they did it along the lines of the original star trek i was just gonna say yeah. those are really well done and really well integrated into the look and they they kept them in a look that looks appropriate for the show it doesn't it doesn't look like star wars where you're watching this grainy shot on film thing and all of a sudden like here's super clean yeah effect exactly. looks completely they, out they of were place. trying they actually said yeah. they were trying to process it as if they were effects mm-hmm. made in 1979 or whenever that was made. right so right and, if it if it and that's what i mean carefully and lovingly yeah. did it you, mean 68, you know original star trek <laughs> oh no i thought you meant no. the motion picture oh no 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 i mean like when they the, 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 when the they series, yeah. The series yeah. Mm-hmm. no when they did the director's cut of the first movie yeah, yeah. there were a bunch of effects that weren't finished and they went in they used like practical model effects and stuff to finish it up with yeah. and yeah, if they could if they could do a nice job of it, I think it it would make it a little bit easier to watch, and a little <laughs> bit easier to maybe introduce to newer audiences. Yeah, I just I'm not worried about newer audiences because they're idiots. <laughs> well, yeah, but wow. you know you you would like I'd like to Harsh. I'd like to be able to show you know my my nieces Ghostbusters and them not go oh, those dogs look stupid yeah. and and whine and minge their way out of enjoying it. <laughs> You know, because children are stupid, but <laughs> well, they are kind of dumb. Well, if mm-hmm. I ever had kids, then I would actually purposely shield them from new things. I would like to introduce a <laughs> yes. child, introduce a child to the history of things in an order, mm-hmm. so you can actually say, "Here, you can appreciate where we're at now and effects we're at now by let's watch some Ray Harryhausen. Let's watch, you know, okay, now let's do some basic computer animation. Now let's do some hand drawn right. animation. Let's yeah. do, let's get to here. Let's not like." Because I mean, mo- that's the problem now. Is I feel like almost all cinema kit that that's aimed for kids now is just inundate them with sensory overload, and they'll go, "That was great." Colors, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like here's colors and things, explosion, boom. Mm-hmm. Weren't you entertained for an hour and a half yeah, instead neat. of like, you know, I just not the, not that everything that we grew up with is is was good, and everything now is shit. I'm not trying to take that attitude. It's just mm. I I appreciate the the Spielberg era of things where characters and families and everything were flawed and and kids weren't like oh everything has to be rubber coated you know it's like shield the kids from right. anything you possibly can't understand yeah. don't know? say the word divorce right there might be some divorced parents in the audience with yeah. their kids <laughs> so I just, oh, no. <laughs> I just feel like it made us stronger by seeing realistic portrayals of people and families and things like that i agree yeah and kids that weren't like you know weren't precocious they were interesting you know right. <laughs> so anyway that's a side thing right but a good side thing. Anyway, 
So you want to hear about Bond? Oh, let's. Yes, let's hey, do that. You saw another Bond movie. I did. I watched Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dude, Goldfinger fucking rules. Really? Yes. Huh. I remember everything it, it about fondly. Goldfinger yes. to me holds up. Everything about it is fun. It moves at a great pace and Connery is so good. It's like, well, that's where they kind of just finally hit their stride. Yeah, that's right? the one. Yeah. This is the one where they figured it all out. Yeah. You know, because there's certain things that are good about Dr. No, certain things are good about From Russia with Love. This one's like, all right, here it all is. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> they put the good. I together. mean, this is the one where they established the template that they've been sticking to since then mm-hmm. for the most part. Big crazy plot. Yeah, they get the big, the big, you know, the the larger than life villain, mm-hmm. which that's the big thing compared to the first two, is you have a villain that shows up early. Yeah. And he's got an awesome henchman. Mm-hmm. And he is, the villain is as cocky as Bond is. And that's what's fun about him is he's, he's like confident and in control as much as Bond feels like he's confident and in control. Now... Refresh my memory. Did Goldfinger work for Spectre? Is this a Spectre movie? That's the only one where, uh, the only Connery one where he doesn't. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't, they, I they was trying to remember the tie-in and I couldn't figure yeah, it out. Yeah, he's basically just a gold broker, like a okay. that's, smuggler that's type what I thought. thing. But yeah. And he's just got this giant plan and, you know, that's what's executed in the second half. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just, oh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. They got great gadgets. With the gas. Yeah, yeah. they got the did, car. Did Q show up in this one, or is it? Yeah, he, show up he, he shows up in From Russia with Love. Yeah, because he already doesn't Doctor No. So. Yeah, yeah, and this is, and also like the score is fixed. It's not oh, they use it like, appropriately. Yeah, it's like it shows up when it needs to. And the Goldfinger theme, obviously, that song is awesome. Yeah, and for me, it's neck and neck between that and You Only Live Twice as the best Bond songs. Mm. But they also it's fun because it Let gets. I die. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it also it gets woven into the storyline, like like into the soundtrack as the story goes. Mm-hmm. They use different variations of it, which are you know yeah. That's when they work. started orchestrating the song that was used, and then it's sort of like yeah, because like from like Doctor No, it's Mango Tree, which just kind of shows up. Yeah, uh, from Russia with Love, it's only in the over the closing credits that it plays, because I think it's just the Bond theme they use for the opening credits of From Russia with Love. And this one, it's like, nope, here's. You know, and, and this one too, like the intro is great. Mm-hmm. Like the intro is fantastic because Bond is just totally in control and totally badass the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he's just dropping one liners left and right at people. You know, and that's the one where he tosses the, he tosses the heater into the tub with the oh, dude who's yeah. in there. He just goes shocking. Yeah. <laughs> shocking. Slams the door and, yeah. <laughs> and they kick into the theme song. I mean, that's, it's, it's a product of its time because it does feel considerably dated, mm-hmm. but that does not make it any less entertaining than what it is. Cause that movie is terrific and it's short too. It's like the shortest bond movie, I think out of all of them just move along and it just, just fucking moves. It's like bam, 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 bam. Cool. So yeah. Like, yeah. Love that movie. Best one so far. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> easily. Okay. Easily. And it's probably going to be at the top of the pile for a, a while. All right. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going along. <laughs> I know. Thunderball is next. Hmm. And that hmm. one, I remember liking Thunderball a lot, too. I will see. And that's yeah. the one they remade for the non-official one, right? Yeah, it's uh, the yeah, only that was story is, that yeah. they don't have the rights to. So whenever well, someone wants to remake that shit. The story was that was the original screen adaptation that they wanted to do. Was Ian Fleming wrote it with this other guy. And then that was going to be the first movie. Mm-hmm. And just... 
it didn't work out. He did Fleming just got sick of the screenwriting process and said, fuck it. And then decided to write it into a book mm-hmm. and kind of used a bunch of shit that the other guy had come up with yeah. in the book. So then the guy's like, cool. You know, he sued, they settled. So he still had partial rights to it. And that's how it, how it all went down that they were able to remake that movie at least. Yeah. So like whenever you hear the rumor that like, oh, they're doing this rival bond series, it's, it's always a remake of Thunderball. Yeah. So <laughs> because that's the only, one, <laughs> that's the only one they have the rights to. Yeah. Uh, only complaint I'd have about Goldfinger is the chicks aren't as hot as some of them in the other ones. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> and I love that in the book, uh, Pussy Galore is actually just a lesbian, which is why she's immune to Bond's charms. <laughs> <laughs> and then he converts her at the end of the book. <laughs> right. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why that her, didn't make it into the movie. That name makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. 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 But instead in this one, he practically just But she is good because she's like the first chick who's not just like swoon as soon as Bond walks in the door. She's like, no, fucker. I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. Yeah. Connery rules. Goldfinger rules. Watch it. I probably will. How amazing. I watched a couple of movies. You did? Last night, in fact. Back to back. I did 1985 and 2011's Fright Nights. Ooh, Nights of Fright. The, the Fright, the Fright Nights. Yes, those are good. I was gonna, I, I DVR'd the uh, new one, and I was like, you know, it's been 20 years since I've seen the original one. Let's watch that first, mm-hmm. just to make sure I have proper opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like the original one better than I remember liking it back in the day. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think I probably last watched it. I went on a big vampire kick. Like, let me watch. The entire history of vampire movies. Twilight. No. Twilight 2, like Twilight. Then <laughs> vampire. Like, I said vampire movies, Chuck. Oh. So you watch the Lost Boys? Well, I mean, everything. Like, Lost Boys, back to, like, Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. You know, I was yeah. just watching them all. Near and, Dark. Yeah. 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 All of, I mean, seriously, all of these things. I know. But, Vamp. um. Hmm? Vamp. Vamp? Yeah. Is that, what is that? Grace one? Jones. Really? I don't think Vamp. I ever saw that one. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. Vamp. But Vamp. Anyway. Vamp. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like the original Fright Night better than I think I gave it credit when we were talking about it Vamp? once before. Right. Because uh, I was just like, eh, the original's not that good. It's better than I re- remember. I don't think we said it wasn't that good. I just think we it's were saying the- it wasn't something to be held to this lofty, yeah, okay. like, oh, you can't remake Fright Night. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can remake Fright Night. It was, Fright Night It's Champions. good, but it's not, you know, like Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's just a, it's a goofy kind of vampire comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's very 80s. Be, I mean, yeah, it's not supposed to be taken overly no. seriously at all. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's very interesting. About the only complaint I have with the entire movie is probably going to piss somebody off that loves this guy, but the guy that plays Evil Ed is just annoying as shit in that movie. Yeah, but he God. was he was big in the eighties for being annoying as shit. So <sighs> yeah, it's just like I mean, I, it's like he's annoying as a as his quasi friend. Yeah, and then like when he gets turned into a vampire, it's just like oh god, yeah, they've amplified you even more. Yeah, yeah. so he's worse than Coolio. Yes. <laughs> wow. Because I mean, he kind of wow. he speaks in a, in a in a squeaky voice, and then when he becomes a vampire with the big giant fake teeth, because he's got weird wacky teeth all yeah. over the place, and he's just like ah, 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 you know, just like talking like that, I'm like yeah. oh, shut up. But yeah. but I mean, Roddy, Roddy McDowell's awesome. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I have a hard time getting over is uh, you know Amanda Bierce in it, like not seeing her as Marcy Darcy. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah she kind of typecast herself into that role mm-hmm. forever. So it's like when you're supposed to be the cute girlfriend. It's yeah, like, ah, that, that is sort of weird going yeah. back to retroactively like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris Sarandon's pretty good as the crazy weird vampire. He's all right. Yeah. But, he, had a, he had a nice little run in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so how was the remake? The remake, however. Did you I, watch it in 3D? No. Okay. 
I didn't care to. Okay. I don't think it was shot in 3D. No, it so wasn't. I don't care. Um, really, really, really liked it. Yeah. Like, really liked the remake. Good for you. Um, <laughs> I just think, <laughs> Congratulately. like... Congratulations. I mean, it, it's funny, because, like, I don't know if it's... I try to watch movies in a timeless way. Like, I don't try to say, like, oh, well, that's silly now, or this doesn't make sense now. Sure. I mean, I, I still... I mean, I was alive in the 80s. I remember how movies were. Mm-hmm. And so, I just felt like... You know, obviously, I watched it way back then, and I didn't really get it. Like it, it didn't resonate as heavily as Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, that kind of humor and right. jauntiness. So I just felt like it wasn't that good of a comedy. Mm-hmm. This one works perfectly in like today's. I mean, it's it's weird because it's a comedy, but it's definitely got more horror uh, suspense moments than the original one did. Yes, the, the, the original one was like comedy mostly, and then oh, there, there's just like a little bit of weird gore in it. That's mm-hmm. kind of gross. Mm-hmm. This one's like comedy first and then suspense yeah suspense is like there but it's 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 a little heavier like there's there's a really good uh suspense part where he's trying to like sneak in and out of the house yeah and i mean it's actually played really well and shot really well where um colin farrell's vampire character is walking back and forth and he's mm-hmm. trying not to be seen and mm-hmm. it's it's, mm-hmm. it's actually just filmed and done really really well mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i thought uh, anton yelchin was good in it um yeah, I mean, it's like, I thought everyone Wessels. was good. Yeah. David I mean, Tennant. What's that? David Tennant. Yeah, David Tennant was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just like everybody's talked about him. Yeah. He's better than Roddy McDowell was. I mean, that's the funny thing is like, they're, all the names are reused. I mean, it's it's like, unlike a lot of these, it's probably closer to a remake than a lot of these have been. Like, I mean, the the basic story is there. It's just updated location and everything and, mm-hmm. and situation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it totally works and it's, they're all the same character names and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some of the even some of the same lines and jokes are recycled to good effect. Yeah, like I mean, making fun of the fact that the vampire's name is Jerry. Right. <laughs> like they're like, oh great, yeah, Jerry the vampire. Ooh, scary. <laughs> right. You know. I mean, they make that. The, yeah, there's sort that, of like a little thinly veiled commentary on the goofiness of the first movie built into the seriousness of this <laughs> movie. Yeah, I mean, I just thought I thought a lot of the the lines that they decided to bring back worked really well in this mm-hmm. one too, and yeah, I just I thought it was a great movie. Um, some yeah, people. I remember being surprised by it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, I didn't really look at it ahead of time. I mean, there's some people that popped up in the movie. I was like, oh, I didn't know you were in this. Like, oh, I, yeah. I didn't know McLovin was yeah. playing the evil Ed character now. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm wondering how much longer he can be a high school kid. <laughs> a while. Yeah. I know, but they, you know, certain actors will just get to that point where it's like they hit a wall and it's like they can't do it anymore. But I'm wondering when that's going to be. Or when he will enter his uh, Anthony Michael Hall steroid phase where he just bulks up and becomes an action star. <laughs> well, I mean, so. well, he's, I just looked. He's only 23. I mean, oh, okay. He's still, it just seems like he's, he's been a high school kid age. forever, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he's he probably been a high school kid for 10 yet. years. Yeah. yeah, at least now he's like supposed to be playing a senior. In okay, school, so, good. Yeah. So he's close to graduation. So you've got four more years of <laughs> him in high school senior roles. Trivia tie-in. Mm-hmm. The, um, there was a librarian puppet in Ghostbusters. The, the original one was too scary. They used it in Fright Night. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Whoa. Synergy. There, there's some weird uh, super kind of gory effects. Fake nowadays. But sure. there's some weird like, oh, shit, you're going this route. Yeah. From the from the original one. That yeah. I just thought was strange. Like, there's there's things that they cut out of the original ones and changed the, the plot structure that I thought worked much better in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie starts off and he and Ed are like used to be friends and like almost don't want to talk to each other anymore. And that works so much better than this, that weird, right. Are they friends? Are they not friends? How do they know each other? (laughs) Exactly. Why do they care about each other in the first one? Yeah. And, um, 
I like that they just cut the henchman character out of it altogether. Yes. Like, I mean, the Jerry, the vampire had a henchman guy that they did not bother to explain. That should not bother me in the movies, but it was like, what the fuck is he supposed to be? <laughs> right. I mean, they just didn't even bother to try to explain it. Yeah. And, and, and they made Jerry a little, I don't want to say goofier, but more. He was creepy. Like he was like, he wasn't so like suave. It was just like, he, he turned on creep pretty fast. Yeah. Except for like when he was talking to women, but he was also pretty self-aware too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, I so for some reason Colin Farrell is always picking interesting roles lately. I, I'm just always pleased to see him in a movie where it's not like Colin Farrell hunky stud doing something. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I I highly recommend the original. I mean, or the original and the remake. Actually, I mean, I think it's good to watch them near each other. Yeah, because I mean, they they really do kind of flow, and it's like a proper yeah. remake. And and, f- and Fright Night Two is really not that bad either. It's sort of an interesting continuation of the story, but it, it has one of those flip the switch kind of things where it's like, no, none of the first one ever happened. And there's yeah. like characters trying to convince. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah, you th- this happened. I also like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into spoiler territory. I like I like the way they handle certain things because both of the movies are about like he knows there's a vampire living next door. Nobody believes him. Right. That's mm-hmm. the basic plot of the movie. Why would you? Yeah. So I just like how they they don't make that the focus of the entire damn movie in, in the new one. Yeah. Well, it's because vampires are everywhere now. Sure. And they do good, good Twilight jokes. In yeah, them. they do. So, anyway. Yeah. Highly recommend. It's probably one of the better remakes I've ever seen. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's up there with, like, the remake of The Dawn of the Dead. I think better than the original mm-hmm. in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I know people love the original, but it's, well, I it's think, goofy. Well, I think this was a case of something that, that was not too good to be remade. Right. It was something good that you could update and it still be relevant. It's mm-hmm. not something that's betraying a... Uh, uh, you know, it's not remaking Back to the Future. It's not remaking something beloved by all. So, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, if a movie's got a good premise, yeah, it's the a- execution might not have been a hundred percent, or the effects weren't there back in the day. Yeah, well, so that's the thing it. is, like a lot of these other remakes of, granted, beloved, but still could use an updating. Just totally like toss out the old script more or less, and mm-hmm. just do something where it's like, well, we're going to tell you basically the same movie, but. You know, like, I mean, like the Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th yeah. remakes, Texas Chainsaw remakes, you know, like those are just, they become so generic. It's like, well, at least the other one, the old one had charm. It yeah. may not, it may have had shitty effects, but there was a charm to it. Well, I mean, I think people's rage with remakes is basically they remake something that, that in most people's eyes was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas remakes should be something where you take something that had a good idea or a good something about it, but didn't quite work, but you know, you can make it work. Mm-hmm. that's what a remake should be. It's like, okay, that didn't work, but here's what we know we can fix, and then that'll be good. So, like with Fright Night, it was just basically updating the locale and the situations and, and the, the time frame, mm-hmm. really, to make it more relevant. Yep. So, Just like the Bond movies. Exactly. <laughs> well, they probably could Change that Spectre things. shit into a shorter acronym that people can understand. Ghost? Yeah. <laughs> God, like, just watching Goldfinger, I thought about whenever they do reboot Bond. Again. Again, they need to make it a period piece. That would be interesting. Set like a sixties. Set that shit in the sixties. In the Mad Men world. Yep. Yes. Crossover. Set it in the six. Yeah. And, and John shit, Draper man. meets James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's been hey, hiding you know back what? in his make, past. Make the whole John Ham right. Felix Lighter. Oh, done. Oh, yes. Oh. But see, but I mean, oh, I just I think. Well, yeah. I mean, there is a moist Felix river between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> like I love also that Felix Lighter is Jack Lord in Doctor No, yeah. and then he's some dorky ass old guy in. 
Goldfinger. Well, yeah. it's it, and I think from what I recall, they recast him like almost every single time. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Didn't he become Jodan Baker at one point? <laughs> I th- well, was he? I'm trying to remember now. In or the was, later movies, yeah. I thought Jodan Baker was like the sheriff or something, and I I, I don't remember. Jodan Baker's been in like four of them as different dudes. Yeah. He was the bad guy in one, and then he just showed up. I don't as, remember the Roger Moore ones all that well, oh, unfortunately, because that's been those were the ones I saw first, and I haven't really seen them lately, okay. or and even any time recently. So. Well, that that would fit sort of into the into the theory that Bond is not one man. Bond is the you know mm-hmm. Bond is the code name of you know an agent that changes out that here and there. Numerical designation, yeah. right? The 007 is just a guy. It's and his. Code name is James Bond. Yeah, but I think and that would be like Felix Leiter. Well, yeah. yeah, but still, I would Cena just... Rail fucked a lot of stuff up. <laughs> I would just... It, whenever they do it, I would love for them to just make it a period piece, set it yeah. there, and have modern effects and other stuff that, you know, makes up for some of the goofiness. But it also, yeah. like... Because it makes it so tough to make a spy film now where everybody's got cameras everywhere yeah. and everyone has cell phones and just all that stuff. Yeah. You know what? It's set it back then spy, where, yeah, yeah it like... Because that's the thing that struck me about Bond is like it's so easy for him to do this shit because you know like nobody can track him and and you know it's mm-hmm. just all, so much stuff would be solved in modern day with so many of the settings Instantly, in Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something I just remembered. I love that the fact that they updated part of the vampire lore for updated yeah. times that they can't be captured on film. Yeah. So like they're trying to take like cell oh, phone really? pictures and stuff like that, and instead of just a reflection, it's like he's not there in the picture. Yeah. Right. I, I thought that was great. I, mm-hmm. And I oh, and probably part of the reason that this had a good uh, vampire pedigree mm-hmm. was written by Marty Noxon, who was one of the Buffy writers creators. Oh, good. that's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it stars a chick named Imogen Poots. Yes, the Poots. <laughs> Poots. Poots. Pooty Poots. Yep. Man, just no one's interested in changing their name anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna be Imogen Poots. See who you are. <laughs> All right. Be your own woman. I'm Imogen. I'm Imogen Poots. <laughs> Poots. Poots. I'm drawing pictures of poots. Mm-hmm. All right. Poot. Well, we got color uh, correcting poots. Poots. Yes, we got voicemails and emails, but we're actually saving them for next week's show. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, look for uh, next week voicemails mm-hmm. and emails. And so it'll be which, a second half spectacular. Yes. Yeah. And if you want your stuff to be featured in an episode further down the line, right? Well, you can, you can contact us. Yeah, you can send us an email to bmf at bmfcast.com. You can check us out on Facebook or Twitter at their websites, respectively, slash bmfcast. Uh, you can listen to us, if you so desire, on a couple of methods. Check us out on iTunes. Search for Bad Movie Fiends Podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe. And you can check us out on Stitcher, which is a mobile app for all of your relevant mobile devices. And it will stream my glory directly into your ear holes through the magic of telephones and internet. And also, if you want to chime in and speak on the matters that we speak of, you can do the best thing you can ever do in your life, which is give us a call on the BFCast hotline, 9105-JOX-BMF or 910-556-9263, and join your friends, the BFCast, on the air. Awesome. I thought so. Super duper. Right. Well, let's get out of here, shall we? Sounds right, good. We shall. Okay. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm the Beach. And I'm Chuck. And this is BFCast out. <laughs>